Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one fatherly page of Talmud a day because today's pages, Yifamus 88 and 89, are all about the glory of fathers, just short of Father's Day. But yet the Talmud reminds us, well, how important fathers are. Have a listen. Rabbi Lazar says that the proof that the court can declare property ownerless is from here. These are the inheritances that Elazar the priest and Joshua son of Nun and the heads of the fathers' houses of the tribes of the children of Israel distributed for inheritance. Joshua 19.51. What do heads have to do with fathers? The expression, the heads of the fathers' houses of the tribes, is unusual and vague. Rather, this comes to tell you. Just as fathers bequeath to their sons anything they want to, so too the heads, i.e. the leaders and judges of the people, bequeath the people anything they want to. This shows that the leaders can take property from one individual and give it to another. Talk about the patriarchy. Talk about understanding fatherhood in all its glories and complexities. And, And here to help me through this topic is a person who has thought about this subject so much because he is an early member of the first ever stay-at-home dad group. You know him very well because he is our friend, our producer, Josh Cross. It's been a while, buddy. Quite a while. I missed you. Same here. Now, tell us, Daddy-O, about your days in the stay-at-home dad group. Many years ago, When my wife was expecting our third child, Violet, who, of course, the third time's a charm, so she's the best. Uh, Not supposed to say that, but I did. We took a look at our finances and our situation, and my wife being the smart, beautiful, talented one, and me being the rootless creative, we decided I was going to stay home because anybody who's looked for childcare in the last 20 years knows it's exorbitant. And so... I went on a journey that lasted nine or 10 years where I was the primary caregiver for all three of my children. At the time, they were ranging from four to one to unborn. So that's sort of where that started. And the first thing I did, because it's this era, is I went and looked and I found out that there was actually a stay-at-home dads group in New York City where there at the time was like 70 or 80 guys who would just meet up at the playground and whatnot. It was a socialization thing because, frankly, a single dude with a kid or not approaching a group of moms in the playground can be a little creepy to them. So I'm going to stop you there. You know, the Talmud today gives us this full-throated view of fathers being so uh, omnipotent, so respected that, you know, to emulate their powers, judges and other leaders too could uh, treat their subjects as fathers treat their children. And here you are talking about something that by your own admittance is sort of rife with stigma, right? I take it that not just those moms in the park, but also a lot of friends and other people when you told them, hey, I'm part of the stay-at-home dad group, kind of looked at you and said, wait, really? Well, I think, uh, fortunately, in New York City, it winds up being a little bit different, but that group expanded when they got the hundreds of members all over the country, and you definitely hear a lot more stories about that. Um, Were there a few people of an older generation, okay, boomer, that were not comfortable with a guy staying home and a woman working? Sure. In New York, there's a lot more women than I think in other places who make... 
a, a fair enough amount of money to support a family, and so you can make this life decision. But there were definitely lots of people out there who were like, what? As I told you once or twice or 753 times, I remain deeply, I mean, you are no longer a stay-at-home dad. You are spending your days uh, working to make all of us sound better. But I am deeply, deeply, deeply envious of that life. So tell us, when, when you read a page like the Talmud's page today and have a very different uh, understanding of what fatherhood means and how it's perceived, how do you look at this passage? How, how ought we to sort of reconsider fatherhood in light of the you know several thousand years that have passed since the rabbis made their assertion? Well, I got three things for you. First of all, in the light of that question, I think a lot of what that passage is talking about, the responsibility of the deciding, because it's also in the dis- like the, the court, right? And I think there's a notion that you'll see a dad on a playground or whatever, and some passerby, generally a woman, to be honest, will say, oh, dad's babysitting today. And really, no, this is a proper responsibility as a parent. We are in charge. So it's the concept that that we had to fight against in a dad's group that, no, 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 dads don't babysit. We parent, just like mom parents. I'm not, it's not special that I'm hanging out with my kids. They're my kids, and I should be parenting and then hanging out with them. So if I'm sitting on the bench watching one kid slam their face into a wall while another one goes down the slide, I'm not babysitting. I'm being a dad. I am parenting, and there, and and that imbues the level of responsibility that I think this page is talking about. The other things that I sort of saw in this is about understanding when you're taking that responsibility, making decisions about ownership and stuff. So it's the thing where if your kids are about to share a cupcake, figuring out the most Solomonic way to divide it, where you have one of them cut it and the other one picks which half they get, so it works out. Or... An example, this page also talked about ownership and having a non-owner, right? There's been the story of the water bottle in my house in the last week, major blow up over this. There is a hydro flask water bottle, which every cool kid wants one. We had a giant one, and one of my children, we'll call him Schmiles, this was his, but it had been sitting on a shelf for easily three months, unused. And there was another child, we'll call her Smella, who really wanted to use said water bottle. And I approved that. And the drama that ensued about ownership and so on and so forth was was biblical in proportion. So I had to come in and make a ruling and say, you've left this, you don't own this anymore because you've chosen not to have it and decide where that would go. And so I think... It's really talking to all the different decisions that all parents have to make and also understanding that as a father, you have the full responsibility of this stuff. You don't get to just babysit when you feel like it. Modern fatherhood, so much more complicated, so much more joyous. Josh Cross, thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay and Quinn Waller. 
Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic and we will see you again soon.